coffee just hits different. And today is definitely one of those days. I don't know if it's just the coffee, but <laughs> oh my god, I can't even get out this phrase I want to say. Today, the vibes are immaculate. I've been wanting to say that phrase all morning. I don't know why. Like I said, could be the coffee, could be the fact that it's the first like 90 degrees and sunny day of the summer, which is wonderful because we have had way too much doom and gloom here in Portland. Like I thought the phrase was like, april showers bring may flowers but it was more like just may showers like no flowers in may just showers of rain and doom and gloom so this weather is just such a mood booster like i know weather like plays a role in your mood and everything but the sun is really doing it for me today so i drank some coffee as you can probably tell i had a nice slower morning which is kind of rare for me and then yesterday i spent a lot of time making a new playlist it's not done yet but i made a playlist called remember who the fuck you are and yeah just like a mood boosting like there's it's mostly uplifting and like bad bitch songs but there's a few like slower ones but they still overall like make you feel like a bad bitch you know remember who you are so i made a playlist um with songs like that yesterday and this morning i spent a lot of time before this recording dancing around in my kitchen to those songs getting myself in a good mood and i figured i would actually also read off some of the types of songs i have on there i mean it's still like an ongoing playlist because i just started it yesterday I have a bunch of Lizzo, obviously. I have Hot Girl Summer because obviously. I have Savage, uh, Better Now, and Candy Paint and Circles by Post Malone. What else do we have? We have Are You Bored Yet? Iconic. We have Yes, I'm Changing by Tame Impala, Everywhere by Michelle Branch. Like I said, there's a few of those slower songs. Um, we have some The Weeknd songs. Uh, we have Tongue Tied, obviously. And, ye oh, we have No Faith in Brooklyn, Hoodie Allen. We have, it's, it's a mix on there, but it's all, oh, and some Ariana Grande. But we have, like, a nice little mix on there of all these songs that boost your mood. So I listened to that for this podcast, as if, you know, you guys care. But it really boosted my mood. And I feel like I wanted to tell a few little anecdotes here. Um, I feel like hyping yourself up with music truly, as the children say, hits different because... I remember last summer before I went to Soul Cycle, which I actually will discuss later in this episode, I would always play um, like different songs that they would play in Soul Cycle. I had a nice routine. I'd have some coffee and I would only have coffee on the days. You guys are probably like, where is she going with this tangent? But you know, I want to make the beginning of my episodes more chatty before we get into the actual nitty gritty stuff. But so I would have this routine where I would only have coffee on days that I would go to Soul Cycle because I try, you know, I have anxiety, so caffeine isn't always the best for me. But I would have it only on days I went to Soul Cycle. But I would go to this place called Variety um, in New York and definitely go there. Their lattes and cappuccinos are okay, but they're like black coffee, really good. Um, and their pastries, really good. But I would go to Variety and I'd get a coffee and that shit is strong. And I think this was after I had my wisdom teeth out. So I hadn't had coffee in like a month. And I had Variety and I made this routine and I would literally be shaking from the caffeine on my walk to Soul Cycle. I'd play some songs that they would normally play in class to just hype myself up. Because sometimes going into like Soul Cycle or like any boutique fitness studio can be a little intimidating. But yeah, that's my little anecdote about like music really can get you in the mood. Music and caffeine. I thought of a nice little story, shall we say, that I thought would be fun to tell. I don't know exactly why this came to mind to tell in this episode, but I figured, why not? Um, I have a lot of stories where it's not... 
I'm not making bad decisions, but they're definitely kind of reckless, a little like not the best. And I'll look back and reflect on it, you know. So this is one of those moments about, I don't know, how many months ago? It was in December. Um, I just gotten back to Portland like the previous month and I was on a nice routine of every day after my parents got off of work, I'd pick them up. And then in the morning I would um, drop them off at work since I was doing online school. And they normally would take the bus here because parking downtown where my parents work is just a mess. So I was really sleep deprived in December and still am. But back then I tried out Ollie gummies and I think I had just gotten them in the mail. I hadn't taken them at night yet. But one day I was super like, I think I got like two hours of sleep. So I was really tired. And then it was like 10 a.m. And I thought that if I took one or two of these Ollie gummies, like I would be able to nap and take a nice little midday nap. Um, definitely not my best decision because those last six hours in your system and they put you to sleep in like 30 minutes. Except in my case, I took those gummies. I got really fucking sleepy at 11 a.m. But then I could not actually fall asleep. Like I have this weird probably not that weird or uncommon but this issue where i'll feel super sleepy and then i'm not able to actually fall asleep and it's just like a weird period of like feeling drowsy whatever like ollie gummies or not but actually i do love ollie gummies now i use them every night if anyone cares but yeah so back to the story <laughs> and i promise this all kind of ties in um so I took those, I was really fucking drowsy, and then like I said, it was like 11 a.m., and then I was super tired, and then eventually I started getting hungry, and I was like, okay, what do I want? And there's this place by my house that has like, I don't know, it's just like, they have some vegan options, just like different bowls and stuff. I get something um, that's called a Thai bowl, and it's like brown rice, tofu, and veggies, as if you guys care. Those are just like extraneous details. But so I wanted like a tofu bowl. So I was like, okay, we'll go to this place by my house. And I was so fucking drowsy. And little did I know that the melatonin gummy hadn't, hadn't even like fully hit me. And then I'm in this place waiting for my food. And then it's like, shit, like I am so out of it. Cause I already hadn't slept. And then I had this melatonin gummy. So I was really like, I was like sleepwalking essentially. And then I remember being there like sitting alone and it was kind of early. So there's not a lot of people there for lunch yet. And just like staring at my food, like trying to keep myself from passing out because I was so tired. And then a little later in the story, I think I go back home and I just like laid there. Like I was not falling asleep, but I was too tired to do anything. So I laid there till like three o'clock when I went to go pick my parents up. But I knew because I had to drive, I needed to wake up a little bit. So I decided to have some coffee. So then I had this coffee and it felt like the coffee and the Ollie gummies were having a little brawl in my system that day. And I'm driving and it's like, I'm drowsy from the gummy. And then the coffee's trying to wake me up. So I'm just fucking out of it. Like my mom and I have this phrase and it's like, who needs drugs and alcohol when you're just deliriously tired? And that was one of those moments. And I remember driving and this is where it kind of ties in. Um, so I was talking about the playlist to hype myself up that I made yesterday that I was listening to today and this story came to mind because one of the songs is Yes I'm Changing by Tame Impala and a lot of Tame Impala songs you know they have like all those cool beats and whatnot and this song in particular has like sirens and just like kind of car noises I think in the end or just some part of the song. So I'm driving in the story um, to get my parents from downtown and I'm so out of it and I'm like, oh my God, like I should not be driving. Like I'm so tired. And I mean, a lot of people just drive when you're tired. It's not a good thing. I normally don't, but like at that point I was already halfway there. And then I remember I was already like out of it because of that. And then this song is playing in my car because I was playing, you know, music on the way to get them. And then I start hearing sirens and I couldn't tell if it was in the song or if it was like 
actual sirens and it really tripped me out but yeah that was my fun little story because you know i have truly exciting stories <laughs> but yeah that's where that tied in probably not that relevant but whatever another update from this week is that i gave myself highlights um kind of like i okay so in january i lightened my hair and i've been wanting to go lighter with my hair but i'm trying to do it health in a healthy way you know because bleaching your hair all at once is not the move i don't want to go like platinum blonde or anything but i want like a natural like i don't know like ashy blonde highlights and kind of just lighter look to my hair but i'm doing it slowly um over time but so in january i got it lightened and then now those like i guess they did this thing called foliage which isn't balayage i don't know the difference you can look it up but they did that and now it's like grown out. It was in a natural way, so like it grew out and it's not like a harsh line or anything. But the top part of my hair is like less blonde. So I ordered this kit on Amazon and I decided to give myself highlights. I did it pretty light, so for the most part they look really good. But there was one spot where I really fucked up with the bleach and there's just like a blonde like circle on my head. Honestly, I should post a picture on the podcast like Instagram story. But yeah, other than that, that's basically been my week. I didn't do a ton or anything significant. I mean, it is quarantine. It feels like things are finally like starting to reopen a little bit. I think the most exciting part of my week was going to Safeway, which is like this grocery store. Um, going to Safeway for the first time in two months, which was fun. I got some new veggie burgers that are honestly fire. Um, in case anyone cares, I would recommend the Guardian or Guardian. I don't know how you say it. Um, they have these vegan, like, black bean chipotle veggie burgers, and they are quite fire. And yeah, so that's been, I guess, how exciting my week has been. Um, my birthday is in a little over a week. I'm gonna turn 20. Super excited about that. I'm also, because things, I'm realistic, you know, and I know a lot of things are not gonna be able to, like, happen as they normally would and everything. But I am feeling a little optimistic now that things are starting to reopen a little bit where I am. Like, I'm in Oregon, so we are, um, I think Oregon, Washington, and California have some pact where, like, they're gonna reopen at the same time and stuff because we're all, like, close to each other and all the, like, people go from state to state over here on the West Coast a lot. Um, so they're trying to reopen things at the same time versus, like, states like fucking Georgia that is opening things way too early and not being so smart about it in my opinion um so like oregon what i was saying is kind of slower with things so the start that we're or the fact that we're in phase one of reopening and just a few things are opening again like feels good even though i mean i'm kind of gonna let other people be the guinea pigs with things and i'm not gonna be going to a hair salon or nail salon when they do open because one i've gone x months without it so i'm not rushing to go back and if i want any of those services like i'll just go do it like before i leave for france this fall um so i'm gonna let other people like do it and then we'll kind of see what happens if it's like safe or not but it is optimistic or it does boost my mood and makes me feel optimistic to have things like starting to reopen and i don't know it gets me more excited about paris and this fall and everything but like I said, I'm finally getting to the point of this episode. Um, I'm turning 20 in about a week and a half and I've seen people do this YouTube video and I actually would want to do a YouTube version of this as well, but I thought it would be, you know, a fun podcast episode. I'm doing the best and the worst financial decisions I've made before turning 20 because on YouTube, I've seen a lot of people do this, but it's like best and worst financial decisions or purchases like in my 20s. And since I'm not 20 yet, I'm just going to do before turning 20 and then I'm sure I will make good and bad financial decisions after I turn 20 as well so we can continue on with this series. But yeah, so I have a list of the best and the worst decisions and little explanations 
And then at the end, I also have some other points I want to make about this and finances and everything. And I'm by no means an expert. I think of myself as a pretty like fiscally responsible person, but I definitely obviously have made my mistakes. And I'm sure there's definitely things I'm leaving out on these lists and everything. So yeah, this is just what I could think of over the course of the past week. I've been compiling the lists. So yeah, first I'm going to start off with my best decisions and then I'll go to my worst. My first best financial decision wasn't even like a conscious choice. It just was something that kind of happened, but it was having two years of college be at a cheaper college before transferring to a more expensive school. So I went to FIT, as you guys know, and FIT, um, they didn't give me any like financial aid, which sucked because I was out of state, but even out of state compared to other schools, FIT's tuition is very like i mean obviously it's like expensive still college is expensive but it's way cheaper um in comparison like the funny thing is to have in-state tuition at the university of oregon would have been more money than i was paying to go to fit in new york out of state i think fit's tuition is like i think dorming costs more than tuition because you know like new york housing but the tuition was like 14k a year and then if you became a new york resident um, which I was working on it would have been only 7k a year and for college in the big picture That is not that bad, especially in comparison to other schools So yeah, it wasn't like I obviously like NYU has been my dream school and that's where I wanted to start going and I will be going um, I'm transferring if you guys didn't listen to my episode last week I'm transferring to NYU this fall, but it wasn't like my choice of a decision But I guess I did save money by getting some credits at FIT um, for two years and getting cheaper tuition before going to ugh, like that's a gut punch to think about 75k of um, NYU tuition, but it, I think it's worth it. I talked about that in the last episode My next one and some of these pertain more to like living in New York because I mean that's where I did spend like almost two years of my young adult life where I um, Was like more in charge of my financial decisions and purchases um, so another one of my best decisions was buying an unlimited Metro card. So I would only get the weeklies. I think when I go back to New York, I'm going to get a monthly. This probably doesn't make sense if you don't ride the subway, but the good old MTA, is it like, what does that stand for? Metropolitan Transit Association? I don't know. So you have to have a subway card to take the subway and you could either like fill it with a random amount of money or get like an unlimited day pass, an unlimited week pass, or an unlimited monthly pass. And honestly, you just kind of base it based on like how often you're riding it and if it's worth it or not. But I rode the subway so much, multiple times a day, like especially because I would commute back and forth from the city to Brooklyn a lot or around the city like I like to explore. So I got the weekly, which was $33 a week. Definitely like a good chunk of money, but compared to paying to swipe, because sometimes I would go and I'd be like, okay, let's test this out. Let's see how much money I end up putting on my Metro card and without getting a weekly to see if it was actually worth it. And I definitely spent more if I didn't get a weekly. So yeah, just getting a weekly unlimited Metro card so I could take the subway as many times as I wanted to with just paying the set amount. <laughs> Another good decision was buying less clothes, but clothes that are a little bit more expensive rather than like cheap clothes and buying a lot of them if that makes sense so i guess just investing in like certain staple pieces and not like splurging a bunch of money like i don't own anything designer um but just like certain things like i have these winter boots from blundstone which i would highly recommend and i got them in i think my senior year of high school in like the winter so 2017 three years ago and they were the most I've ever spent on a shoe or anything. And they were like 130 or $40. I got them on Black Friday. But that is more, like I said, than I've ever spent on a shoe. But 
in comparison to other like cheap winter boots for like 40 or 80 dollars these boots i wear literally almost every day still and have for three years and will continue to so yeah i just have been investing in more like staple pieces like that and this doesn't mean i'm always like throwing a hundred dollars away on everything i buy but just certain things i'll compare and i like also in general like another good decision is i spend more time like researching and thinking about a purchase rather than just like buying it and if I do make a big purchase, it's normally things I've kind of like sat on and like researched for a few weeks before purchasing and made sure to like, I don't know, take time to like mull it over before I buy so it's not like an impulse purchase. But yeah, just certain items like I'll opt for the more expensive version if I do think that it will last me longer and I won't be repurchasing like a bunch of like crappier versions. Okay, this might sound funny and kind of basic, but another decision I've made is to buy a lot of my wardrobe, mainly everything I own, especially tops and stuff, um, is Brandy Melville, which, you know, they have their issues, and I definitely agree with those issues and everything, but I've shopped at Brandy Melville since I was, like, 13, so, like, seven years ago, but because I've shopped there and most of the clothes are pretty neutral and, like, basics and whatever, and they're decent quality, they never go out of style, so those clothes I never waste, and I literally have Brandy Melville from, like, five years ago that I still wear on a regular basis, so, yeah, shopping for neutral clothes. So another thing is because I've lived in New York for like a good portion of my like time as an adult between 18 and almost 20 now, obviously in New York you don't need a car and if you're a student like I would recommend not getting a car there obviously, but here in Portland because I'm only here half the time normally, um, I do have a car, it's kind of mine, it's basically my dad's, we have two cars here, he has like a Honda Odyssey minivan and then also like a Camry, a Toyota Camry and it's super old it's from like the 90s but it runs it doesn't run well it's not pretty but it runs and my good decision is just not buying a car and just using the camry because it's like my family car since we have two i can use it whenever i want and because i live in new york most of the time i don't need a car so yeah just using that and not buying a car because i know a lot of people i mean if you do live somewhere where you're driving all the time it's definitely worth it to have a car but if you don't need one, why buy one, you know? Something else I've done, and a lot of these things now that I'm thinking about it, I've done for a while. Um, I've cut and mostly dyed my own hair by myself for the past seven years. I have all these YouTube videos about this, but I've had so many bad experiences getting my hair cut as a child because I have thick hair and you guys may not be able to tell because I spent so much time doing my hair. Like, I, I'm one of those people where I have to straighten my hair before I curl it. And I have super thick hair, so as a kid, the salons would always be like, oh, like, I'm gonna give you layers, and I always hated them, and I always said I didn't want them, but they would be like, oh, like, you need layers, you have thick hair, all this stuff like that. So I had a lot of bad haircut experiences as a child. So at age 13, I just started cutting my own hair. Nothing drastic. I normally, like, just trim it, like, an inch or two, so I don't need to be super professional about it. But because I've done that, normally, like, you get your hair cut, like, a couple times a year, and especially as you're uh, become an adult, it gets more expensive. So like, I'm probably saving a couple hundred dollars every year over the past seven years from just doing my own hair. And then this past year, I've done a lot more thrifting and buying things secondhand. So if I'm in the mood for like new clothes or I just wanna bump up my wardrobe, I'll normally do one of several options. One of those is there's this uh, store called Schwab here in Portland. I talked about it in like my most recent YouTube video, but I'll get clothes from there. It's like a monthly membership, I think, and you can, you bring in clothes and you can take out a certain number. I think it's like the same amount that you bring, but it's like 20 bucks a month for like essentially like unlimited clothes, something like that. 
so that or just thrifting in general things are cheaper and also like more ethical and sustainable so yeah i've been saving money by doing that here's another new york specific one is all the apartments i've had i've found by myself and i've never had to pay a broker's fee i don't know if this is uh the same in other cities but i know it's a thing in new york so i'm not an expert on real estate so forgive me if i get any of this wrong but a broker is someone who will like find you an apartment and kind of find what you're looking for give you the connect you know um and they'll often charge a broker's fee for doing that service for you and i believe it is like a certain amount of months of rent or something like that but from other people's like videos and different things that i've watched it can be like thousands of dollars just to like in addition to like your deposit on your apartment and all these other expenses when you're moving like finding apartments in new york is wild in the process and the money and like that's a whole other episode but yeah i've never paid a broker's fee i found all my apartments on my own either through like facebook marketplace and like off-campus housing groups or just like scouring the internet i think each apartment i lived in was from um an off-campus housing group on facebook so if you do that um you definitely have a better chance of not paying a broker's fee so i'd recommend that because you definitely save a lot of money there something else that has saved me money is as an adult and honestly way before i turned 18 because i've been vegan and vegetarian for so many years i was cooking my own meals but um when you start grocery shopping and everything my family and just me as a person like we choose to buy organic most of the time but something that can save you some money is knowing when to buy organic obviously you can buy organic all the time and with everything but if you're trying to save some money you can save a little bit and it will add up over time just buying certain things organic and certain things just the normal non-organic and i believe there's a list somewhere that tells you what things you should buy organic and what are things are like okay to not buy organic but for me i'll just pay attention to like um whether or not i'm eating the outside of produce if that makes sense so like if it's a banana i'm okay buying non-organic because i'm not eating the peel same goes for like avocados but like an apple for example or like um what else like lettuce i'd prefer prefer organic because you are eating the outside so yeah another thing is waiting to get my nails done when i'm in portland rather than new york so because i go to school in new york i mean i'm back in portland right now for obvious reasons um I would live in Portland like for part of the year, New York for the other part of the year for school. But everything in New York, as you guys know, is expensive. Like it's very expensive cost of living. So like different services are way more expensive there too, um, such as like getting your nails done. So what I've done is normally I'll try to time getting my nails done or just different services with when I'm in Portland. So like, um, for example, in New York, a full set of acrylics is like $100, and depending on where you go, I mean, but like in Portland, you can get that for $40, so just certain things like that, I'll try to time when I'm in Portland. Also, Oregon is like one of the few states with no sales tax, so if I want to buy clothes or something, I'd rather like buy it here at home than, actually, I consider New York my home, but like for clothes and just certain purchases that I can take to New York easily. I'd rather buy it here without sales tax than there with sales tax. But I feel like I've covered a lot of my best financial decisions and there's definitely more like I said, but let's move on to my worst. So my first worst financial decision actually is like the thing that made me think of wanting to do an episode like this. So last summer, when you first move somewhere for college, especially in New York, and I know like certain like friends of mine can agree or attest to this or whatever, when you move somewhere for college after like not loving your hometown that place becomes your home and new york became my home so 
when it came time for like school breaks and stuff because i lived in portland across the country normally i'd have to go home for break but because new york became like my home and i didn't want to leave i stayed there for most of the breaks so that was a couple bad financial decisions and i try to live life without regrets but if i had to if someone asked me what do you regret or do you have any regrets my literal only regret in life is staying in new york last summer like last summer was a shit show for so many reasons and i'm still like literally like working through that in therapy every week but one of those bad decisions also happened to be financial so i wanted to be in new york for the summer so i needed an apartment and I also, uh, to be there, I decided to do some online classes. And originally I um, had two internships lined up as well. So I had like some reason to be there, you know? But then both internships fell through after I got the apartment. And the apartment was, um, I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn while living in Manhattan still when I was in New York. But I spent a lot of my time in Bushwick, which, you know, Bushwick's great. That's another episode, I could talk about that. But a neighboring area in Brooklyn to Bushwick is Bed-Stuy or Bedford-Stuyvesant, um, that area. Some parts of which are nice, other parts of which are not so nice, especially if you live like right under the above ground trains, such as the JMZ line and like near Broadway Junction. Not the best area in my opinion, but I did not know that before moving there because it was only like a 10 minute walk from where I was like hanging out in Bushwick all the time. So I thought it would be perfectly fine and dandy. Well, I had a wake up call really quick because I lived in like one of those like, you know, luxury apartment buildings that was super nice. And my rent was like a thousand dollars a month, which for New York is pretty good and I had like a lot of space. It was like they had a gym, they had laundry, all these amenities and AC in each room, all these all these amenities. But it was like yeehaw out there. Well, not that bad, but it was like 45 minutes. The train line was kind of sketch, the neighborhood pretty sketch. And yeah, I felt isolated, lonely, hated it there. And in addition to all that, um, because I lived there and because I was doing summer classes, and like I said, the internships fell through. So the summer classes were all I really had going on. And for that and the apartment, this is where the financials come in, I took out a loan. And that loan for summer classes and the apartment, because it was technically off-campus housing for me, I think was like $10,000. But by the time I have to pay it off, it's going to be like $20,000 with interest. And that is so much money. I don't regret like loans for school by any means, and I think they're totally worth it. But that time, it was not worth it. Because the reason I wanted to be there, like the internships, the opportunities, and like the classes like the classes were good I got good grades and whatever but like yeah it was just such a bad financial decision and I was miserable the whole time I hated that apartment I hated being there I was so depressed like literally the most depressed I've ever been and yeah not a good decision and along with that I talked about just like staying in New York during breaks like my biggest advice would be unless there's like a reason not to go home for school breaks even if you if you live far away like now um, like I realized certain things I need to do to like maintain my well-being while living in New York And one of those is while I'm in college I want to come home for all the breaks so like summer or winter But back then like I said, I didn't so another poor financial decision Which this one I don't really regret that much because I did have a good time was just Paying to stay in the dorms for uh, like part of winter break like I went home for Christmas and for two weeks But winter break is like six weeks there. So for like all of January of 2019 I paid like I don't know, like $2,000 to stay in the dorms. And yeah, it was definitely just money that didn't need to be spent. 
But, I mean, at least I enjoyed it, so it's not, like, the worst regret, but, like, that bed apartment literally fucking haunts me. Like, I hated that so much. Another bad decision, which I don't necessarily regret, and I'll go into a spiel about this at the end of the episode, is spending money on last-minute travel. So, like, travel, obviously, if you book in advance, it's cheaper, but this October, this is the only time that, like, is significant enough for me to think of this as a poor financial decision, because normally I book trips, like, far in advance and get deals and use, like, airline points and miles, so it's pretty cheap. But this October, before I left New York, I was having, like, there's some long weekend of, like, five days, and because I was, you know, in New York, I couldn't go home and see my family because my family lives in Oregon, and that's, like, a five, six-hour plane ride away, and I was really struggling, so that weekend I decided to go home and surprise my family, but I booked the ticket, like, four, three days before I was leaving, so that home ticket was, like, and I used my own money, obviously, but it was, like, six or seven hundred dollars, and it was just so much money that literally could be put towards better things and I think like I said I'll go um like over this in a minute I think it was worth it obviously because I was really not doing well but like that's just so much money another bad decision that I now have corrected because I talked about this as a good decision like my new methods of clothing and purchasing clothes and whatever but just I used to buy like a lot of clothes from cheap brands like forever 21 or like whatever I wasn't super into it and that was more so like in early high school or like late middle school but yeah just buying clothes from cheap brands and like trends that don't last versus now I'll buy things that are more like timeless and classic or like basic and neutral so I can keep wearing them and I'll spend a little more money so they're good quality another thing is eating out and just delivery I wasn't huge on this actually in New York when I first moved there, but I did get into it. Because when you're in a place like New York, it's such a cultural mecca and there's like so many like good food places to try and like Italian food hits different on the East Coast. Like nothing compares to that. Same with like bagels and like there are inexpensive, like I would never go anywhere super bougie and pay a lot of money. And like I wasn't like buying cocktails or anything obviously either. So like I wasn't spending too much money on takeout or like eating out but I definitely was eating out more my thing would be like $15 sweet green salads every day last summer that was definitely not a great financial decision and kind of along with that it's just buying coffee out now I have not had coffee out in probably six months but in New York I would get it out like almost every day and it would only be like I don't know like three bucks because I would just get like black drip coffee but it definitely adds up okay this one I want to make a whole episode actually about learning how to stand up for yourself in different situations but this one is always being the person to spot other people money or like when we're doing a group thing to put it on my card and wait for other people to pay me back whether it be like an uber or like going out to eat with friends or just like different things um and then being too nice to like follow up multiple times and don't want to be like rude so like most of the time when i would like i'm always the person that like if me and my friends or like whoever go out or like even if they're just like acquaintances if we go out and it's one of those situations where someone has to like put it on their card normally I'll offer to do it or not offer but I'll be like okay I'll do it um and normally people will like pay you back or Venmo or whatever but then in the few times people don't sometimes I'll follow up but if I have to ask more than like once or twice I hate being the person to be like oh can you pay me like I don't like being that person so that's definitely like a poor financial decision same goes for like roommate stuff like not FIT really but like the apartment in bed with just like all those bad memories just certain things like um internet or wi-fi things like roomed with like people i didn't know so like i would just feel awkward asking people to venmo me multiple times or just i would feel annoying about it 
Another thing is SoulCycle. Um, I went to SoulCycle a good amount of times in August last year, and I think personally it was worth it for reasons I will get into, but that shit is expensive. In New York, it's more expensive than other parts of the country, and that shit is like, I don't know, like $36 a class plus $2 shoe rental. Very expensive. Then Michelle Reed talked about this, and this was definitely a thing for me, and I'm glad to know I was not alone in this, but just when I would go to certain drugstores like Dwayne Reed or CVS, this isn't really a thing I do in Portland, but like mainly in New York, if I was bored and like I needed one thing from a drugstore, or even if I didn't need anything, I would go in and just like find something and just like buy it, whether that be like just a vitamin water or like random hair clips or just random shit like I would just buy it so just going into drugstores and buying things that I felt like I needed and then this is another New York specific one is spending more money than necessary to meet bodega minimums so some so in New York um like the little corner stores are called bodegas and they vary like based on what borough you're in and what part or whatever but a lot of them um they prefer cash when you're buying items and if you want to use credit card and this makes sense because they have to pay to use a credit card machine and per transaction whatever but a lot of them will have a credit card minimum but most of the time at a bodega because it's kind of like a convenience store you'll only be buying something that's like I don't know, a couple bucks, whether it be like a dollar for gum or like three bucks for a drink or something like that. But then they'll have a minimum that's like $10 or $20. And sometimes, not all the time, I would be buying something and I would really want it and not have cash. So then I would just grab like other random things to meet the minimum. And that was just such a waste of money. Most of the time, I would just buy gum because I would eventually chew it. But like just, I don't know, grabbing random things or just not random but just grabbing things to try to meet credit card minimums not a move and then my last financial mistake is buying textbooks freshman year first semester um, from the school bookstore i didn't do this after then but that semester i probably spent like four to eight hundred dollars on textbooks and this was my first semester of college so i learned obviously but like just buying things from the fit bookstore i think i rented them but they were still just that much money like they were like two hundred dollars a pop yeah i would not recommend it now this is actually like I don't know, this could be classified as a good financial decision, but just using Chegg instead to rent textbooks or looking on Amazon to rent them or getting like the e-version is normally way cheaper. But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed my best and worst financial decisions before turning 20. That definitely felt like a gut punch to read some of those decisions. I mean, please don't judge me. I am being vulnerable in this podcast and like everyone makes bad financial decisions like I haven't spent a bunch of money on like luxury items or things I don't use so I feel like I haven't made like that bad of decisions but there's you know definitely some but here are some points I also wanted to talk about a little bit before I end the episode that have to do with this okay so I definitely think money and whatever cannot guarantee or buy happiness however in a personal budget and just like with your financial situation even if you don't have a budget Everyone kind of makes decisions based on, like, what they value. So, like, even if you have a budget for the most part, you'll choose kind of where you want to splurge and where you don't. So that's why I think certain things like splurging for Soul Cycle, if it's worked into your budget, is an okay, like, expense if it makes you happy. Like, for me, that month of August last year, like I said, last summer, terrible for me. And that was honestly the only thing getting me through, like, 
um, before school started last year. So I think that was worth it. It was a lot of money, but it was my own money that I saved, you know? And it really was like doing wonders for my mental health to be able to go to a safe place like SoulCycle and feel a sense of community and, you know, get those endorphins and boost the serotonin. But yeah, I guess my point there is just everyone can decide where they're willing to splurge and where they're willing to like cut. And you just compromise on some things based on what you value and it varies person to person. Another thing is for me, I'd much rather spend on experiences rather than material items. Like, especially living in New York, like where you actually live in your apartment, you don't have a lot of space. So you don't have like as many clothes or as many other things. And like, I'd rather be spending on like, just, I guess, living in New York in general or like traveling and concerts than buying like clothes. And also now I refuse to purchase fast fashion. Like I literally won't at all. Like even if, if I see something that's cute in an ad on like whatever like she and her Zaffle or whatever. And actually, I don't think I've ever purchased from any of those websites, but if I see something cute, I'll literally just keep scrolling. Like I won't even let myself look at it. I'm like, I could find something cute somewhere else and I'll save for it rather than, you know, supporting those businesses that are unethical and unsustainable. Another way um, I do things where like, I kind of pick and choose my expenses. Like, I don't really do this in Portland as much, but in New York, I really liked having acrylic nails or like a gel manicure. And obviously that's, an expense that isn't necessary but like i said i've cut my own hair for seven years so i'm not spending on haircuts or when i dye my hair most of the time i try to do it myself not so much now because i'm trying to go like blonder and you don't really want to fuck with bleach if you don't know what you're doing but yeah i save on haircuts so i think it's okay to spend on my nails because like whatever i would spend it kind of evens out you know i also have um gotten way better at like if I'm gonna purchase something or I see something I like, I kind of talked about this before, but I really mull it over for like weeks and research it. And then I ask myself like if I truly want the item or if I want it to like feel better in the moment. And I just try to be aware of what's an impulse purchase and what's something that I actually want or need. Or I'll even ask myself, would I rather have this or like multiples of like this item or go on a trip in the future? So that's kind of how I'll talk myself out of impulse purchases. And then um, the last point I wanna make is being selective about like, I don't know, just the content you consume and the influencers and people you follow on social media. So this could go for people in your life or whatever in general, but I think it's important to pay attention to how people make you feel after you've like spent time with them or talked to them or hung out, whatever. And think about like just the feeling left with you after that and if it makes you feel good or not. And in general, that's just like a tip for whether or not people are toxic or good or bad or you know how they influence you influence you is what i'm saying so the same goes for like influencers like if you watch them and you feel the need to constantly like feed into consumerism and be buying things and feel like or if they make you feel ugly or whatever like after watching it or following them on instagram like i don't know just be aware of that and i try to not follow people that make me feel like that and unfollow and mute buttons exist for a reason and i think there should be no shame in using either or so yeah, that's kind of everything I have to say. We definitely got nitty gritty in this episode. And like I said, please don't judge me. <laughs> and we're gonna end it off with the weekly affirmations as per usual. I'm gonna repeat these three times and yeah, send you guys off for a good weekend, I guess. I know my worth. I know my worth. I know my worth. I offer my best self every day. I offer my best self every day. I offer my best self every day. My body and my feelings are valid. My body and my feelings are valid. My body and my feelings are valid. I'm proud of myself and my accomplishments. I'm proud of myself and my accomplishments. 
I'm proud of myself and my accomplishments. And yeah, so that's everything. I love you guys so much. You are all so strong and beautiful. Make sure to follow the podcast at Overthinking Our Podcast on Instagram and me at Haley Nimick. And I love you guys so much. I will talk to you next week.